<coughs> Hello, everybody. Welcome to Catfish Weekly. This is episode 41. Tonight, we're going to be talking just general catfishing. What went on this week, how, how things are going, how the year went for some of us. Um, just kind of just shooting the crap. So, uh, um, I will go ahead and... and I apologize. I got started just a little bit late, a minute or two late. I, we were gossiping back here like little girls, and I wasn't paying attention to the time. and So uh, I got it started a little bit late. But anyway, I'll go ahead and pass it off uh, to, to Lyle if, or Chuck. I don't care whichever one you guys want to get us going and tell us about what you did. Uh, but first thing I want to bring up, I want to know uh, about how everybody uses uh – you know, and what they use for culling. Um, I we really had a hard time Saturday. Uh, we we got on so many fish uh, that were right at the under mark. Uh, you know, 34 inches and under. So we were catching 32, 33, 33 and a half fish. You know, some of them would weigh. You there? You, know, you locked up on us there, Chuck. Slow down. So, um, you know, we had so many fish that were right at the under 34 mark um, that we couldn't, you know, it was hard because every time we would catch a fish, we would have to re-weigh stuff. Um, You know, we didn't have any culling system, and that really took a lot of our time having to re-weigh fish, uh, you know, and all that stuff. And we had the same situation with... um, you know, our big fish, we caught a 23, a 24, and a 25, ended up bringing the 25 in. Um, no, I, we had a 24, 25, and 26, ended up bringing the 25 in because I caught the, um, Leanne caught the 24 or 25 really early. And uh, we caught one out of uh, 60 foot of water, um, and uh, and it, I, we couldn't get it to burp, so... You know, I wanted to uh, keep an eye on it, so we lost a pound right there because I was wanting to, you know, take care of that fish. So the one we had in the live well for five hours uh, that weighed a pound more, we went ahead and let it go. So, um, and luckily we didn't need that, you know, pound, pound, pound and a half that we probably lost by not culling right. But what do y'all use to cull with, and uh, how do y'all, how do y'all keep up with your fish and stuff, you know, in your boat? Well, we don't have the 35-inch or 34-inch rule in effect where we have our tournaments at this time. So what we do is weigh the fish uh, as they come in, and then when we get a limit, we start taking the smaller ones out and throwing away. Now, if we, when we get the 34-inch the rule that we're trying to get put into effect here, uh, we have a we have a uh, a measuring device on the boat it sets up underneath the front deck and uh, like when we was in Owensboro we had that to where we could just get it out and measure the fish and you know once you would get the one over then you know you just gotta watch that one uh, you, you you know or two whatever the case is and, and go with those and uh, you know make sure the rest of them are all, all your unders but we check them as they come in the boat and and then you don't have to worry about it. And, uh, you know, we our, our limits are three fish because, you know, like if we go to St. Louis, the fish are so so big, uh, you don't have to worry about it. Now, over the weekend, there was a five fish limit, so that would have been a little different deal because uh, not having the 34-inch rule, 
um, you'd have had to wait every one of them, and you'd need some sort of a tagging device like those ones that they put in their their mouth or uh, through the lower lip or something, where you know color different colored balls or something on it. That way you could, you would know I, if if we was going to do a lot of tournaments that had more than uh, three fish limit. I would definitely have a set of those to be able to check on them and, and know which one's what and uh, and go that way. Yeah, uh, you know, I looked at a lot of different culling systems today because I'm not going to uh, go through that again. I'm going to come up with something if I have to make one myself. So I've seen some that uh, you put around the tail, and they're uh elastic band, and they have a... Uh, they have a slide on them, kind of like the uh, the slide, like on a hundred mile an hour hoodie, where you just right. press in on the button and you tighten it up. Uh, so you don't really have to get it real tight on their tail. You just get it where you want it, and um, you know. And I was, uh, you know, the the one I looked at, it already come with different colored uh, clips on it, but um, that gave me an idea to go to the hobby shop. Color wooden beads or something, and um, you know, try to come up with something to put around their tail because I, I'd really hate to poke holes in their mouth. Um, Are you talking about the little slides that slide up and down a, a piece of, uh, of uh, uh, like a duck decoy cord and, and uh, uh, pin, you pinch it and, and slide it, and then you let off of it and it locks in place? Yes. Oh, yeah, I got a whole box full of them. That's a great idea. I haven't seen that set up, but I think that'd be outstanding. Yeah, just do a Google search. Um, just put um, a, you know, a tail culling system. Yeah, I could build that real simple. Yeah, and you know, I was thinking about you know at the Hobby Lobby and places like that, they've got a million things, you know, and you can get those wooden uh, beads, uh, you know, about the size of a small egg. Um, you know, in different colors that already have holes through them, and you know, you can just walk through a place like that and, and you know find something that's you know exactly the same that's got five or six different colors in it, and um, you know it'd be a lot easier you know keeping everything logged down. Absolutely, yeah. You actually just gave me an idea. To, I don't know if it's created or not, but I'm actually going to look and see if it is on a design of something that will do. A, lot, a couple different things in one, so um, I've not seen a tail coaling system. I've seen the ones that have, like Bass Pro Shop, that's what I have in my boat. It has the uh, the squeeze lip grip almost type thing that will, it, but you know, I, I know that those aren't, they don't stay on very well. A lot of a lot of times you'll see that the, the fish will be banging around in there. I mean, honestly, the new ones that I got, I've not had come off too bad as long as you... Uh, don't try to grab the you know grab the rope to pull them up or anything. You actually still have to get a hold of the fish. Uh, but yeah, they they got the the whole package that has a scale, uh, a little like a um almost like a, a, a dry erase marker with like a dry erase little uh, record keeping book, and then like fifteen different colored um, strings with just the just basically a lip clip on them. That's it. There's nothing that floats. It's just, you know, all the different colors. Um, Bass Pro, I think Bass Pro had that whole kit for like, I want to say it might have been 19.99 or 29.99, somewhere around there. Um, but that's what I've been using. But yeah, I mean that thing that you were just talking about gave me a good idea for, uh, um, 
a product. I mean, like like I've talked about in other shows, I think that if you can think of a good product that isn't made already in catfishing, you know, that's it's only going to help catfishing, you know, just to get it out there and But uh yeah, I know I mean you're talking about half Nicole. I mean, the ICA, the fit, the tournament trail that we fish a lot. Um, we we get out on a lot of lakes and stuff where there is a lot of channel cat tournaments, and you do get to where, you know, you're you're throwing out, um, you know, three point two pound fish for a three point four pound fish. You know, I mean, it it can be, you know, something where you can't really just look at them. You got to keep them, you know, and, and a good thing that that I normally do is actually keep a, a few extra fish in my live well just in case one of them fish I have in there you know starts not doing well or anything you, you want to get it back in the water and try to help it survive yet still have a uh, a replacement fish and there there is people I believe it's Casey Tudoros and, and, and other people that will uh, they'll take every single fish they catch and put it in their live well they don't they don't catch a fish and throw it back it don't matter how many they have they they don't like to put a fish back in the water because they feel that it uh um I don't know if it like puts off a uh a scent or anything like the stress scent and that stress scent makes it so like a warning type scent yeah well or more just more like when when yeah it might be a warning or something that when they're getting pulled out of the boat, that stress type scent that they have, or the stress that they have from from being pulled in a boat, and that makes sense. I know uh, crappie. Um, years ago, when my dad was alive, I was a kid. We used to catch crappie in a pond, and we'd take a balloon and string and tie onto the crop first when you caught, and they'd go right back to the school, and you'd sit there and catch the whole school of crappie out if you wasn't careful. Uh, I don't know if catfish. Uh, relate to things like that or not but that was a trick my dad done uh when we fished in my uncle's pond you know we have to walk a half mile up his cornfield to get to this thing and carry your minnows and a bucket and all that and uh, he'd always kick up a balloon he'd blow that balloon up and tie a piece of fish fishing string to it and and uh, turn that that fish back loose and that crappie go right back to the school and in that big pond there was usually two or three separate schools of crappie and you could just, you know, you just follow that balloon around, and you just kept ke catching all of the fish that you wanted. And uh, I don't know if catfish would do that or not. I don't, you know, other than in the wintertime, I'm not sure they school up in great numbers. I know that they, they travel in numbers, but I'm, it wouldn't be like a school of crappie, I don't think. You know, I mean, we, you know, we talk about things like that in the boat all the time. When you see... Uh say like the shad or something you know you'll see them flipping on the top of the water you don't think that's like a school of catfish that's pushing that bait up and possibly making them jump like that yes. well that may be yeah stripe stripe does it also but um, also uh, you know uh, I've seen where you know schools of catfish will, will run under a school of stripe because school of stripes chasing down shad and they're hitting shad and not eating most of them, and they fall toward the bottom, and the catfish are eating the shad while they're falling to the bottom. So it's like you know they're they're kind of scavenging under the the stripe, and uh, you know eating the leftovers and stuff. I've seen that a lot also on my on my two ends. 
Yeah, I know that. We, it, just so that people know, in the uh, in the chat, I think it was um, Robert Barges said that what he does is takes the uh, different colored hair bands and puts them around the tail, uh, and then writes down uh, the weight for each color that he has on the hair band. Yeah, that's a good idea. Too. That's a good idea too. Good yeah, idea. Anything to keep from poking holes in their mouth and. I probably wouldn't have very good luck with the lip clips. Um, I, I can see me have a very bad day with those. I know that I thought that too. Um, I've seen some that they just didn't do very well. You know, they, they didn't have a strong enough hold on them. Um, I know that my partner actually had some that he custom made, and I think they might have had... It might have been a type where he actually has to poke a hole in the side of the mouth or something or, or try to use the hole where he, he hooked them at. But it, it is almost like a uh, like a big uh, sinker slide or something type clip, you know, that just goes right through it. And then he has a, he actually has like a small piece of like light balsa wood that he writes with a pen or something on. He'll scratch out the last one and just write another number on it. Yeah, you know when you're when you're fishing the, the slot limit type stuff. When you're when you're fishing with, uh, you know, two overs and three unders, um, you know, you you need to be writing down, um, you know, the weights and the lengths also because, uh, you know, you can have a, a um, you know, a 36 inch or a 35 inch fish in the tank, and you can have a, you know, a 33 and a half, you know, that inch and a half difference. Um, you know, with them laying around down there, you really can't tell. So, you know, not only riding the weight, the, um, you know, the 33 and a half, what may weigh more than the 35, but, you know, that 33 and a half may be your biggest under of the day. So you want to make sure you never get rid of it because, you know, getting that, getting that heaviest fish up to 34 inches, you know, is, is very hard to do. So, you, you know, the closer you get, the better off you'll be at the end of the day. So, you know, you got to write the weights and the lengths down on most of them to, uh, you know, along with the color to make sure, you know, you, you know exactly what you got in there. And that's what I was, I was running into Saturday. I had a lot of problems with uh, having so many fish that were right in that range. Um, if I wouldn't have had that first, um, you know, that 25-pounder right off the bat, you know, because I was catching, you know, some 30 36 and 37 inch fish also land probably caught 20 fish all day um, you know and if we would have had to uh, go in without a, a, a 20 something pound fish and had all uh, you know 14 to 17 pound fish uh, you know we would have had to play our cards really close you know to be competitive with second place yeah and also you would uh you had mentioned something that I want to touch on again. Um, you had mentioned about burping the fish. Um, just about every fish that that I was seeing caught and brought into our Saturday tournament was probably caught in over 40 foot of water. Um, my my partner and I and and uh, in the Ohio pool. Uh, caught a fish in about 50 foot of water uh, happens to be a new ICA club record blue cat of 69.3 pounds uh, Daniel Lux caught the fish um, 
we pulled it up, and that fish, uh, you know, even even with fighting him coming up a little bit and everything, um, you really couldn't tell how big this fish was until he got near the top, and he actually got to the top, and, and he did a tail swirl right underneath the water. And when I seen the size of this tail swirl under the water, and I mean right underneath it, I could see it was just a massive fish. And uh, he finally gets this fish in the boat. I mean, he, you know, the fish kind of went away from him, and I thought, well, maybe it might have burped because it took him a little bit to get this fish up. But he got it up in the boat. We, you know, we got it up in the boat, actually. He, he, you get a 70-pound fish, normally you need two people to help pull him in the boat. But uh, we got him in the boat. Um, you know, he he had laid there for quite a while. We were we were trying to get the – he had tangled up a couple rods and, you know, it was all in the net and everything else. So we were trying to get everything out. Um these fish, I, I don't care if it's five pounds or, or seventy pounds, it's very easy to know that they need to be burped. You know, it, it's filling that belly. If that belly feels like a balloon that is just aired to its maximum capacity, you push on it and, and you're you're getting a lot of resistance. That's just you know super hard. That that fish needs burp. And there's a few different ways people go about burping a fish. Some people will say you just lay it on the, on the floor of the boat and he'll eventually burp. Um, that you know you can try that. I'd let a fish sit out five five minutes or so, probably not too much longer. If if, if you're in a tournament and you're wanting to make sure that or you're just wanting to make sure that fish is healthy. Um, myself, I keep a tube, a small like quarter inch uh, clear plastic plastic tube, you know, that PVC, not PVC, but the uh, uh, bendable type tubing. I keep about a three-foot section of that in my live well, and I can just stick that down the fish's gullet, and you'll you'll instantly hear the air come out of that belly. And then you'll feel that stomach, and that stomach will feel like a balloon still, but it like a lot less full. You know, he'll have, he'll either be way, you know, way, way softer, or, you, you know, you'll get a good a good feel that it's definitely let the air out. I mean, it's real easy to tell uh, when it's super hard like that that they need to be belt belched. Um, You're letting the pressure out of it. That's you know, yeah. and and it softens everything up. Yeah, I believe it's like you know the bends for for humans. I mean, exactly. you pull them up, you come up too fast from that deep water. That that air is, is what is keeping them down there and keeping them okay, and it gets basically stuck in there where some of it needs to come out, and it doesn't have the time to come out because you're yanking it to the top. Yeah, that, that's uh, it. Uh, Phil Brown said he keeps a quarter-inch piece of black PCV uh, in there, and, and that's what I have is a is a piece of uh, white PCV pipe. I think it's uh, three eighths or something, you know. But yeah. uh, what you're talking about the, around here. Uh, they call milking tubing, and, and it's used on milking machines. It's clear plastic hose is what it is, yep. and 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 that's easy to store and get out of the way, and it folds up or wraps up, and and uh, that would be a uh, uh, perfect to use. Uh, so yeah, that would be a a really good idea. But uh, you know, very seldom do I ever have to burp one. But you know. Uh, if you're in a tournament, don't take the chance on losing a fish that might put you in the money or even win a tournament uh, because they will die if that air is not let out of there. You know, some of them won't survive it. Uh, and I don't, I, personally, I don't believe in just laying them there and leaving them lay until they expel that air out. But 
Hell, it may die before it gets rid of that air, you know, or run out of oxygen or not be able to intake oxygen. I, I would want to uh, to let it out one some way or some way, shape, or form. And I, I got I just got a message on Facebook from uh, Denise and Brian. Um, they they showed me a picture of what they're using. Uh, I believe it's also available at like Bass Pro, but it looks like he. I don't know if it's a, a customized. Um, version, but it's like what I was just talking about where it has the clip um, that you would put through the lip and then it has a ball that can be adjusted on both sides for the weight, you know, like one pound or uh, one side being the pounds, but I do believe that ball, if I, if I looked at it, it only goes up to a certain amount of poundage and it's not quite big enough for fish like on the Ohio River, but I could be wrong. Um, well, you can use the ounces for uh, pounds. Yeah, for pounds. So I mean, you, you won't be able to get close. But I mean, if it's you know five three five, you can use it for thirty thirty three five or something like that. You can um, you know just you know just go with the tenth instead of the hundredth. I guess well, you know for us little guys down here that have to fish for little fish, though you know. Ounces are sometimes needed. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you you don't have to go with the hundredths. Uh, you know that you got the tenths with the bass yeah. guys. You know that they'll go. Uh, you know, five point three five. You know, we'll. You know, we can do five point three, and most time be fine. Yeah, I think. Uh, I think a lot of the products you know that are out there are kind of designed for for bass guys, and and you know we just take them and, and adapt them or use them however best we can for catfish. So. Um, like I said, I'm going to do a little research on the, like, as soon as you started talking about that thing, I, I, I sort of mentally created a thing that doesn't know, I don't know if it's been created or not, but if it hasn't, then maybe I can get one started. And Well, I mean, you can Google it right now. Just do, uh, just do a <laughs> tail system. There's only, only seen one, um, <coughs> You know, and it's it's got the different. He's using different colored clips, and the, the clips have a number on it. But you know, the yellow clip will have a one, and it's the one Lyle was talking about, where you pinch it and you slide it down the uh, elastic. Um, it's like a, a O ring band. You know, it's the the round elastic material, and you just uh -huh. pinch it, and you slide it around. Then then the color of the clip is uh you know, and it has a one on it, so it'll be like. There'll be a blue five and a yellow four, you know, and, and like that. But you know, you could you could get all black clips and just buy little uh, colored wooden beads or something, uh, drill them out if they're not the right size, so you can color code. It'd be just as easy. Because you you got to think how big them tails get. I mean, you know, some of the fish probably like the one you caught this weekend. Oh um, yeah. In photos, you don't you don't see how fat the base of them tails. But uh, you know, you you in one of the photos, you was you was standing next to him and you was holding the tail, and you can't even get your hand around nope. half of the tail. That's know? what I was getting ready to say. Is that that fish was just so large in in the in the body, the tail on him. I was trying to you know most of them, even them bigger fish, you you can get your hands around the tail and get a good grip on it. This fish's tail was just so thick and in in a in a tallest. You know, in the tallness of it too, 
that I mean I could barely and, and I could barely get my, and I have giant hands. Ask Ron Streeter or anybody who's watched my YouTube video about baits. They've seen it. <laughs> yeah, and uh, you know you don't notice that in pictures, you know, and even you know even a fish that you've held and had your hand around, you know, the 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 base of that tail. Uh, you'll go back and look at the photo later, and you're like, "Well, I don't see it like I did when I was actually holding that fish." Yeah, when we were sitting there, we were sitting there. You know, me and Daniel were after we had put the fish in the live well. I mean, we're still sitting there going, "Man, I wonder how big he really is." I mean, it it really is hard to without actually just sitting there having the fish in your arms or. Or you know, looking at it directly with in comparison to you, I guess, or something, it's hard to remember and really think about how big it is. I mean, and, and even in pictures, I mean, we were trying to take pictures of it in the live well and stuff, and it it really does talk a lot about, you know, a lot of people say, oh, you know, they take a picture of a fish and somebody says it's this and it's not this or or whatever it is. Every picture we looked at, to me and me and him. It made the fish look like it was 30 pounds. But, you know, having the fish in our arms, we're like, no. I told him, you know, I caught the 64 earlier. I said, after picking this up with me and you and everything and looking at how big the body is on him and everything, I think this fish is bigger than the 64 that I caught. And, uh, you know, he was just, you know, his personal best before that was 55 pounds. Uh, and, and that was, I believe... Um, somewhere down south in Alabama or, or or something, maybe Wheeler or something like that. His his personal best, Ohio, I think blue was thirty something. So, I mean, that sixty nine pounds is a quality quality fish on the Ohio River. I I cannot explain that enough to people. Um, that that really is a beautiful fish for anywhere on the Ohio River. Yeah, that, that's a good fish anywhere, but for the Ohio River, it's an outstanding fish. It, yeah, I mean, it is. It is too bad that me and him weren't fishing the monsters two weeks earlier and caught that fish, because that would have been a four thousand dollar fish, and the crowd would have loved to see that. And you know, sorry, Jody, I know that you know you're happy that you got. It. <laughs> So, so you you called it where down in the uh, the Candleton pool or actually no we locked through um, so we caught it about ten ten miles further or so than where we, me and Alex fished um, which would have been it would have added quite I mean there was guys that made that run and further on the monsters tournament um, but I know Alex was a little shaky about going as far as we did you know so. I don't. I think we would have definitely had to take a couple spare cans of gas if we wanted to go any further, and it would have took quite a bit more time locking through both times, adding on to an hour drive upriver. So, yeah, I'm, I'm sure you're right, and and uh, you know, uh, I know a lot of them guys that that carried spare t gas tanks in their boats down there because they was going so far. But getting back to uh, uh, what you guys was talking about on the size of those fish, uh, I just want to mention something. You know, you was, you was explaining that uh, that fish looks big or it don't look big, and uh, you know, I, I tell people all the time this, and they look at me like I'm I'm goofy, but Jason Mathena puts a lot of 
50, 60, 70, 80 pound fish in his boat. And he's a monster of a man, so he makes them fish look small. <laughs> he makes them fish look small. People say, I don't believe that fish weighs that much. I said, you're talking about a man that's over six foot five, and I don't know what Jason weighs, but I'm guessing three and a quarter. He may not weigh that much, but he's a big dude. And if he's holding 80-pound fish, it would be like me holding a 40 or 50. You know, yeah. he just makes them fish look small, and he's a huge guy. I mean... And and uh, when when he lays the the hook to one of them bad boys, they know they've had it laid to them. There ain't no messing around about it. <laughs> and, yeah. You know, we had a, we did, just for ex another example, um, last week our local newspaper come out and and Cindy's mom contacted her and and said, hey, uh, Denny Cleeton caught him a, a, a ninety two or ninety three pound fish uh, blue up on Salt River and and. Uh, I went to school with this kid, and he's a big guy. Uh, and I'm looking at that picture, and I'm saying, man, that 50 will kill that thing. I, I just know it can't can't weigh no 90-some pounds. But I got to thinking about that, and Denny's a big guy. You know, he was big when we was in school, and I'm sure he hadn't uh, shrunk in, in height or, or probably too much anywhere else, uh, although he didn't look too bad out of shape, really, for an old guy. But, uh, you know, he made that fish look small, so it, it could have weighed it could have weighed the 92 uh, or 93, whatever it was. But uh, realistically, him standing there holding it, it looked more like a 50-pound fish. So uh, pictures can be deceiving, and, and uh, we get into this. Uh, you know, a lot of people are always on people on Facebook about that. You know, uh, say, well, your fish didn't weigh what you say it does. Well, you know, so a lot of times they don't. You know, somebody's saying they got a 50 or 60 or 80 pound fish, and realistically it's a 30 or 40. But a lot of times, if they take consideration of the size guy it is, that'd be like Phil Brown. I met him over the weekend up at the tournament. He's a really super guy. Uh, you know, Phil's really tall. If he had a, a uh, uh, 40, 45 inch fish, you know, it wouldn't look that big because Phil's well, well, well over six foot, and and you know he wouldn't make the, he would make that fish look uh, uh, in proportionate, you know, compared to you or I not being nearly as tall. You know, you and I are holding that thing uh, up this way, and and its tail down towards our feet. It would it would look huge. Where if Phil was holding that thing as tall as he is, or Jason Finn or someone like that, uh, it wouldn't look as big. Yeah, that's what uh, first time I met Jason Bridges. I told him, I said, I thought you was five foot two, 120 pounds. <laughs> and he, he, you know, he's a pretty big old corn-fed country boy. I mean, he's you know, he's not small. He's big boned country boy, and uh, you know, you, you know, look, he don't look you're that big. No, he, he's 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 a big old country boy, and um, you know, looking at all of his fish, you know, I'm like, I really know how big them fish are now. You know, that's, that's right. Um, and you don't realize that until you actually, um, you know, are around the person that's been holding them fish, and uh, you know, it, it's a big difference. Yeah, I mean, and, and you know, with angles, and, and you got guys that like to do the holding the fish, you like this at you, or I mean, even if you hold it a little bit, like out from you, it really can change the appearance of a fish. I mean, so pictures are just really, really tough to. I mean. It's tough to say. I mean, there are, like Lyle said, there's there's times where you you know somebody, you know somebody's claiming this 80 pound fish, and you're looking at it saying, no, you know, you don't you you'd have to be a giant, you know. <laughs> and, you know, and it's like I say with Jason, he is. I mean, he's oh, just yeah. a big guy. Six uh -huh. foot eight, probably, isn't he? 
mean, he's, he's, he's six five. I think he 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 he's over. Uh, he's taller than Elder, and Elder's a big guy too. Yes, he. Yeah. Don's a great big guy. But yeah, I think he's bigger than than Don Elder. You know, I'm just a little. I mean, I'm like five foot. You know, I'm. I, if those guys are just a little bit bigger pockets, I'd probably ride along with them, you know. And well, you know, <laughs> you get guys like Aaron Wheatley, as much as he loves to play basketball, and, and you get him and Jason Mathena and, and Phil Brown, some of them big old boys like that here, uh, uh, Jeff Dodd, you know, they could just use us for basketball and just dribble us all over the place. <laughs> well, before we keep going, um, I haven't done it in a couple weeks. Uh, the uh, angler spotlights, people that I've been posting on the Catfish Weekly uh, Facebook page, the group. Uh, I want to tell them thank you for posting. Uh, Jason Creason, Paul Harrison, Anthony Jacoby, Todd West, Paul Morton. Thank you guys for posting on the website, on the Facebook page. Um, you know we appreciate it. Post pictures on there, videos. I know. I think uh, Todd West might have posted a video on there. Uh, we really appreciate you know the content like that. People love watching it. So, guys, keep posting on there. Even if you've posted on there before, post some new stuff on there. I know you guys got tons of pictures. Share them, share them on there with us. So, uh, that's all I got for that. Uh, we can keep on talking. <laughs> so, uh, so, Bud, how did your year turn out compared to? Um, how you was wanting it to when, when you, um, you know, set your goals at the beginning of the year, um, you know, how, you know, compared to how many tournaments you was wanting to fish, um, your average finishes, um, you know, the goals you set for yourself and, uh, you know, all about how, how do you think your year was? Um, well, I, I honestly, my first year, um, I'm, I'm about, three and a half years into tournament catfishing. Um, you know, by far, I'm happy with what I've done. I, I definitely, you know, I'm a person that is always going to try to do better and better. And so my, my my first full year in the ICA, I got ninth place. Um, my second year, I got seventh place. This year, with our fourth, we got fourth place in the final points tournament. Um, it pushed us up. Uh, a couple spots, I think, and we ended up in fifth place overall. So um, I'm proud of that. I, you know, I'm talking. You're talking Casey and John in first, Chuck and Chuck and James, um, Ron and George. Uh, some really good fishermen are the are the guys that that were up ahead of us. Uh, so to be up there even with them at this early of a stage, I feel is is really good. I feel like uh, me and my partner Dan. Uh, we worked well together this year. Um, we, you know, we we made a few big mistakes that really cost us on some tournaments. And to do as well as we did, even, you know, out of all these teams, we're actually one of the only teams that never won a tournament. We never won a single tournament, and we were consistently like just out of the money, you know, in that fourth the fourth to tenth place. And you're and you're talking twenty five, thirty five boat tournaments, so. Um, you know, it, it, it definitely doesn't help the pocketbook to do that 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 often, but it ain't about the money for us. So, you know, as long as I'm progressing and, and you can see that progression and I'm learning something, um, 
you know, this year near the end, I slacked off on my Fud Goes Catfishing, which is my blog basically that is sort of like my journal. Um, and I and I definitely want to get that updated, get that back up to date, and get back on that better next year. Um, but overall, I, I'm I'm proud of what we did. Um, by the way, that that 69 pound fish that Dan caught, I want to let everybody know. Dan uses 30 pound monofilament. That's his his main line, 30 pound mono, and he uses spinning rods. So he ain't out there, you know, you don't have to have 80-pound, 100-pound braid to catch a 70-pound fish, an 80-pound fish, or even a 100-pound fish. Um, he fought that fish correctly. He had that thing coming up. If it fought him in a little bit, he was right there on his drag making sure, you know, that thing wasn't going to pop his line or pop a hook. He was, he kept the tension on it. Um, he couldn't have fought, he could not have fought a fish any better. So he did a great job, and, and, and he really likes you know, fishing like that, he, you know, for the sport of it and everything. Um, so, I, I, I just want to congratulate him again on on that fish. That was really, really good job. Good job on fighting that. Yeah, and a lot of people take their fishing. You know, with with uh, most of us being tournament fishermen, we we get too serious about it, and and. Uh, the fun part of it, like fighting a fish, you know, when we're in a tournament, it's get it in, get your line back out, get another in the boat, and and uh, you you lose track of how much fun fishing really is if you're not careful. Yeah, I've uh, you know I I did a lot of that uh, light tackle, light line stuff, and uh, you know I I got broke off after you know I, I let them get down in the structure and stuff, and you know that's why I upgraded to 80 pound braid and stuff because. You know, the a lot of places where I go find them and, and pull them off of the structure. When they head back to the bottom, they're going down there for a reason. They're gonna they're gonna try to get around something and break you off. So, um, you know, I, I found out, you know, last year when I upgraded to 80 pound braid and 80 and 100 pound mono leader, uh, and you know, 30 pound drags on pin phantom that you know when they were heading down to that pipe or that rock or that log. You gotta be able to turn them real quick. Um, I, I, gotta, I gotta turn them around because, um, you know, using that thirty and, and forty pound big game, it's very tough line. But you know, after they get you down there around that log, it's over. Uh, so you know, I, I just had to upgrade to keep them off of it, and it's helped me out a lot. You know, I've I've got my personal best since then, and um, there, there's no way with my older setups, especially the pipe I was fishing on. Uh, because I, I've lost uh, a few on that pipe, um, you know, using my old setups. And, um, you know, when, when I got that fish on, I leaned back in the seat and I stuck that rod in my stomach. And uh, every time he started to head to the bottom, I turned him around. I said, no, big boy, you ain't getting down there where you was before. <laughs> <You're gonna laughs> and, um, you know, I, it was you know, 35, 38 foot of water, but I, I made sure I had him, uh, I got him up to the top three times, and uh, he, he got about halfway back down, and I turned him around, and I ended up have, getting him in the boat in about three minutes, and uh, after pictures and everything, he spent about three minutes in the boat, and uh, he was back out, so. Uh, yeah, there's definitely, there's some new uh, braid that I've been hearing about a little bit, it's basically like a, it's a, a lot stronger in the in the tensile strength, I guess, and it's uh, more abrasion resistant. 
Um, I believe Chuck Luck might have wrote a review about it or something. Um, it, you know, I look forward to seeing something like that. I'm not a big mono fan. I, I've tried it. Um, Dave Ashby got me got me really thinking about it one year. I put it on a pole. I, I just couldn't I couldn't deal with it. So I, I put a hundred pound Power Pro on mine. That's what I feel comfortable with. It might be overkill. I mean, I go out channel catfishing with it. So, uh, yeah. I but uh, I, I do want to say real quick. You know, I want to. Brad Dirk's been on the show. He's in the chat right now. He's uh, letting everybody know. Rumble on the red, June twenty seventh and twenty eighth, twenty fifteen, Grand Forks, North Dakota. You want to get into some monster channel cats? That's probably where you want to go. That's a really, really good time up there, and and uh, they've got all the bait and everything you want to need right there at the at the Cabela store, right there where the boat ramp is, and uh, it is a phenomenal place to catch monster channel cat. It, it really is. That that'll be a great tournament uh, for those guys that uh, that can make that up there. Uh, you know, it would be really a good time, and, and the whole community up there gets behind their tournaments that they have that I've been to, uh, the Cats Incredible Tournament, I mean, and friendly and nice and helpful and uh, do anything for you. So uh, go up there and, and enjoy yourself, folks. You'll have a good time. So how, yeah. how did your uh, year turn out, Lyle? I mean, for well, uh, you know, the tournaments you was wanting to, to uh, fish in, uh, you, you know, your finishes, did you – you know, finish where expected and all that good stuff. Well, we started out really good. The first six, uh, the first six tournaments that we fished this year, uh, we didn't have a, a uh, we didn't have a placement lower than sixth place in the first six. But after that, you know, we got to the point to where uh, we had to make a decision about halfway through the year that we couldn't fish our tournaments and run them at the same time. It was just too much, too big, too many boats, and and. Uh, we stopped fishing our tournaments uh, midway through the season, and uh, from that point on, Cindy and I didn't actually fish, but maybe one or two other tournaments the rest of the year, and then John and I won that tournament in St. Louis earlier this year. We was really happy with that, and uh, Cindy and I got a couple of seconds and, and some other things early, but, uh, you know, our goal was to beat my goal, was to beat Janet Fox at uh, at the monsters, and you know, I fell short on that, and I, I, I'm bumming. I'm still bumming about that. I still got my hat. But you know, uh, you know, we we had uh, we had planned on on having a good finish down there. I, I really wanted to make a top 20 um, placement at that tournament, and uh, uh, I failed to do so. And I, I've really been kind of upset about that. I was mad at myself for not making the correct adjustment when the fish moved, and. And uh, I knew what I probably should have done and didn't do it, and uh, uh, I won't I won't do that, make that mistake again. But that's how you learn is by mistakes. Uh, that was a costly one, but uh, you know we for three days we'd been on really really good fish, and and I wasn't telling anybody about them or nothing, you know. And I knew they was there, and and we planned on going down there, putting a couple in the boat right quick, and then trying to get our unders, and uh, uh, we got there and they was gone, and that happens sometimes, but. Uh, uh, other than that, you know, uh, like I say, this is probably the least amount of tournaments that we've fished uh, in a long time. Um, but we, like I say, we had the Jack and Jill tournament. We had a big crowd at that, and and uh, that was the last one that we actually fished. Or maybe no, we fished the one at Keokuk where we had that monsoon. 
but uh, it, it just got to the point where it wasn't uh, feasible for us to to fish them and run them and and uh, we didn't we didn't go out and do a, as near as many tournaments this year as we did last year now next year we are going to uh, uh, our plans are as it stands right now that we'll be uh, trying to qualify for Bellas at Bass Pro and of course we're going back down to Sierra and I wouldn't miss that for anything uh, if it wasn't for no more than just to get down there and give him some crap I'd go down there just to do that because it's so much fun down there but we'll be going down there to fish that tournament and uh, uh, we'll pick out three or four other big tournaments and we'll try to hit those this year and uh, in 2015 and go from there and try to make a better year out of it. Last year we had a really good year and year before was okay so uh, I really can't complain that the last half of this year wasn't that good but uh, you know we still had a lot of fun and we got to go fishing we got to see everybody and, and uh, that's that's why you do it. How about you? How about me? <coughs> um, yeah, we we did a lot better than expected. Um, the 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 big two tournaments, uh, you know, the the national tournaments that were coming close. Um, you know, both of them got uh, you know moved out. You know, last minute. I I, I planned uh, two two days vacation on each one of those, um, and they were both. Um, uh, Bass, Pro, Bass Pro Shop. It, you know, one of them was in Rome, Georgia, and uh, the other one was on Weiss Lake, and they both got, um, you know, moved out a month or two for some reason. I don't know why, but you know that really messed me up there because I only get so much vacation and and just use right. that for fun anyway. But um, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to figure out another way to do this. Um, you know, because. You know, I I have to work any Saturday that that they tell me to work, unless I take a Friday day vacation, and that's the only way I'm assured to have Saturday off. Uh, they're they're pretty understanding about uh, you know giving me Saturday if I let them know ahead of time that I have a tournament planned. But you know, a lot of times I'm gonna want to go up and take that fr Friday to get to know the uh, the lake and everything. So you know, I'm gonna want to take a, a you know. You know, when I'm launching, instead of feeling lost when I hit the lake, um, you know. So it's it's just you know, if if these if these tournaments um, are carved in stone and and they just stick with them instead of starting to rearrange them after they uh, you know put them out, you know, that would help me out a lot, especially the ones the local ones that um, you know I need to go ahead and put my vacation in in advance. Um, so I can make sure I get those days off. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's you know, and and uh, yeah, that's we've been extremely busy here and uh, this year, and and uh, that that's kind of weighed into to some of this stuff too. But you know, um, it, everybody's got to work, you know, and and uh, uh, there was some some big guys that didn't make Aaron's tournament this year because of work situation, and uh, it happens. Uh, it, that's just part of it. But you 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 have to live, you have to eat, you got to survive, and. And uh, if if your job interferes with fishing, you still you got to take care of your job to, to make the money to support your family. So that's uh, that's one of the main things that uh, people have to understand. Because uh, I had an extended conversation today with uh, Brad Kirkpatrick out of Kansas City Catfish, and and uh, you know catfish is just off to the point where bass guys, you know, they can go out and make a living doing that, and you just can't do that. 
uh, in the catfishing world right now, and, and maybe it'll come someday and maybe it won't, but at this particular time, uh, the only people that I really know that make a living catfishing are guides, you know, they're, and they're putting other people on fish. They're really not catching as many as, as the other guys. And, uh, you know, as far as I know, other than people selling something or whatever, as far as just going out fishing catfish terms, I don't know anybody uh, that makes a living doing that, and I really can't imagine uh, making enough money in tournaments to do that at this at this venture in time. Oh, that, there's no way possible. My birthday. I mean, you, you would you would have to be, uh, you know, doing like a lot of the bass guys when they do when they first started out, and you would have to just about live in your truck. Um, right. You know, and, and just try to make enough money to eat. And still have enough sponsorships to, um, you know, to try to pay the entry fees. Um, so, I mean, it it would be impossible to, you know, make a living on it if you wasn't, uh, you know, guiding along with it. Well, you know, and a lot of those bass guys, like you say, they get sponsorships of people that'll pay their entries or pay, give them cash money to do it. Um, there's very little of that in the catfishing industry right now. Most of the people that are sponsoring um, guys that are fishing tournaments, they're giving them a product sponsorship or or, or something like that. Uh, very few of them guys actually get money up front to fish on all year. Now there may be a few of them, uh, but it's very few, you know, um, because it's that it, we've just not reached that pinnacle in catfishing right now uh, to get there. Yeah, I think I fished. I fished twenty. Five or twenty-seven tournaments that last year, and I fished twenty-two tournaments this year. Um, so far this year, and I know I've got I've got another tournament next week, and I'm going to try to make it too. Uh, and then I'm not sure, you know, just depending on what what comes up in the next few weeks, if I go to anything else or not. But you know, I mean, I just yeah, I couldn't see even. You know Casey and John, who who do really well. By the way, by the way, uh, the final points tournament champions for this year, Casey Turo, John Lamaster, uh, for the second year running now. They had it last year. They got it this year. Uh, Chuck and James has also held it held it for a few years before that. Uh, Chuck and James got second this year, um, and then that Ron George and Corey got third. Um, let me see who got. Uh, Lloyd Tanner and Brian Portliff fourth place, and myself and Daniel Lux in fifth place. So, uh, but really, congratulations to Casey and John for that uh, two consecutive years back to back winning the ICA Points Championship. Good job, guys. Yep, absolutely. That's wonderful. Win that two years in a row. If you can do any any series and you can win it two years in a row, uh, you've hit a home run. Yep, you're you're doing something right. You know. Yeah, like uh, me, me and Daniel discussed it on the boat. We decided we know what Casey's doing. He's clonking. We know it. He's got to be. I've, I've seen it on TV, and that comes. <laughs> He's up there clonking. <laughs> well, them guys are great fishermen, you know, and they've earned everything. All the whatever they're getting in the tournaments and the reputation they're building for themselves, they've earned every bit of it. They do an outstanding job. They're tough competitors, and I gotta tell you, 
the last two years in a row that I visited with them boys down in Owens, but they are the nicest people and polite and courteous and, and uh, you know, they are what catfishing is supposed to be. I mean, they, they are. They are great guys and, and uh, I just, you know, I enjoy visiting with everybody at those big tournaments like that, but those those guys, they're special. They, they really are. They're, they're um, uh, I, I wouldn't say the poster child, but right now they are the they are the the new catfishing. Yeah, uh, uh, I don't know what you want to call it, but you know they're they're the new breed of catfishing, and they've got something figured out. It's working. It's kind of like a uh, Daryl Jason and Harold, uh, uh, Jeff Dodd and them guys. They've all got something figured out. I don't know if it's location or if it's how they look for fish or if it's some kind of bait they're using. They all got they're real successful. They're, and, and them boys have got something figured out that works for them, and it may not, may or may not work for someone else, but it works for them, and, and they're just really good guys and very young. You know, they got a bright future in this sport. All right, um, Robert Tolman, def he uh, he wants me to let Lyle know with Black Horse Custom Rods and Bottom Dwellers Tackle. Thank you very much. He really appreciates it. He wa he wants to let you know on Catfish Weekly that uh, he really appreciates you guys helping out with the catfishing for a cause on October 5th this year. Well, you're very welcome, and, and I know Dave feels the same way. You know, Dave's all about doing the right things for the right people, and 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 uh, I know that 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 he would tell you if he was on here that you're very welcome, also, and and that's for a great cause, and you guys work really hard to make that a good project, and and we're all very proud of what you do. Yeah, he said that with with your guys' help, they raised over twelve hundred dollars uh, for it. So he's That's really appreciative. That's outstanding. Yeah, so you know, our year turned out to be um, you know better better than I'd planned. This was our first year fishing, and you know, we we of tournament fishing, we was just wanting to go out and get our feet wet, and you know, get meet everybody, and and uh, you know. Just, a little bit and, and try to uh, you know get those unders and, and you know come up with some strategies and stuff that I've never you know concentrated on I, I've never just went fun fishing and said well, I'm gonna go over here and try to catch some 10 pounders now I'm gonna go over here and try to catch a big one you know it's always been you know go after the big one from the time the boat hits the water until you know, the the time I fall asleep in the boat or either, you know, putting the boat on the trailer to go back home. Um, you know, we we ended up fishing six and had planned on fishing eight. Um, you know, the, the the first tournament of the year we went and fished up in Rome, Georgia with a with a group of guys. We had a pretty good turnout and uh you know, the Bass Pro was gonna be on those waters March first. So the end of January we went up to check it out and everything and then you know, we found out a couple of couple of days later, uh, you know, that the the event had been moved out. Um, you know, I'd already had the days, you know, taken off of that, so I didn't get to fish that one. Um, uh, that, you know, then there was supposed to have been one on Weiss Lake, um, and, and then it it got moved out. I had days taken off for it, so that was another event I, you know, missed out on. Um, we we fished a Gunnersville tournament and. Um, we we had a, a third place finish. It was our first time we've ever placed in the tournament. Besides the one uh, last November, we we fished a little seven boat tournament, 
and uh, Leanne, it was a big fish tournament, and Leanne caught the big fish, and uh, we won that one. Um, it wasn't any kind of, you know, sanctioned or, you know, it's just a bunch of good old boys getting together. But um, the the Gunnersville tournament, we got third place, and then um, we hit a river we've never fished before. Uh, we went down to fish the Warrior River with the Alabama Catfish Trail, and we, we came in second place with the big fish. Um then we went and fished Wheeler, uh, got first place with Big Fish, caught a 54-pounder a, a at that tournament. Um, the, the Alabama Catfish Trail is one over 34 inches and two under, um, you know, because new people coming in the sport really don't have the live wells and the accommodations for a five-fish limit. So, um, you know, and we also want to be able to accommodate if, if somebody wants to fish by themselves, they can still have the one one fish over 34 and not break any uh you know state laws or anything um the our, our the the big tournament that i've been dying to get to for the past two years i didn't care if i fished another tournament all year we we made it to the monsters and um you know we we set our goal i, I wanted to get in the weigh-in line i don't i didn't care if i weighed one fish at one pound um i just wanted to go through the weigh-in line and not get skunked uh, we ended up catching three fish for 22 pounds, uh, came in 44th overall, and that was way above our expectations for that one. Yeah, I would have loved to win it. You know, everybody would, but just being in that way in line was excellent. And uh, the the last tournament uh, of the year, last uh, last uh, this last Saturday, uh, we got first place in big fish in it. So I would say our year turned out a lot better than expected, and um, you know, my, my partner, Leanne, she's uh, she's come a long way, and uh, we, we've been working really good together, and we hope, you know, we can step it up a little bit next year. Well, Robert uh, Vargas says that, that catfish and tournaments are addictive, and I would tend to agree with him on that. <laughs> it's They're extremely addictive. Yeah, they're... Uh, you know, it, it's it's it felt like more I was competing with myself than against other people. Um, that, that that's what you know. I'm very competitive, but it it just seemed like I had expectations when I hit the water, um, and, and I was competing against myself. I was wanting, I was pushing myself the whole day, and um, you know, and that that's what made it so so real for me and so interesting. You know. If you go out and place and, and, and beat other guys, especially guys that have been fishing, you know, the same waters for a while, you know, that that really made me feel good that I was, you know, able to go out and, and fish against guys like that and be able to hold my own. Um, you know, but I was also, you know, tickled that, you know, I made my goal and I, I was able to do um, what I've set, set out to do when I hit the water that day. So uh, it, it is very addictive and... Uh, and I, I'm really liking it, and I plan on doing it for, you know, a good while now. Well, you know, we've been doing it for a long time with, with uh, some success, and, uh, you know, not success every time, don't misunderstand me, but uh, it's the, the competitive thing in everybody is why you do it, uh, and as much that for Cindy and I as anybody, but we really enjoy uh, 
uh, meeting and, and being around the people and, and uh, you know, uh, telling you guys before the show, uh, we hung up the Catfish Weekly banner there and uh, every once in a while somebody would drive by that wasn't even in the tournament and they'd want to talk about the show. They knew about it. Uh, other guys wanted to stop in. They wanted to look at some fishing rods or talk about catfishing or ask you questions on something and uh, some of the people had no idea who any of us was and others did, you know, but uh, we enjoy that aspect of it, not as much maybe as fishing, but I don't know. It's it's pretty much of a toss-up. Uh, I, I made the statement before, you know, Monsters of the Ohio is our favorite tournament because everybody uh, that we talk to deal with uh, a Raz over the years, uh, you know, uh, is down there. And uh, we can go down there and everybody's together at one spot and we can just have a blast. Uh, fishing is a bonus, although this year would have been more than a bonus if I could have had Janet in that Cardinals cap, but it didn't work out that way. But, you know, it is. It's a lot of fun being around everybody. And, and, and But the tournament, you know, when we crawl in that boat uh, on Saturday morning, uh, we're all business. And, and it doesn't always work out. It, it, it didn't down there. And it, uh, it doesn't every time. But, you know... Uh, the, the time like you guys, you and Chris had last weekend where it does work out, uh, that that makes you think that all the hard work and time and effort and money that you put into it's all worthwhile. And uh, even though you're probably not making your money back, you, you've done something and you've, you've hit a lick and uh, you got the hardware to prove it. So nobody can take that away from you. And, and uh, it's the competition that, that makes it fun. And I think that's why we all do it. Yeah. And the friendships. I mean, just... <laughs> You know, as an example, um, here I'll even pull it up on my phone. I might, you know, you might be able to see it. You might not. Um, you know, the ICA, such a, you know, good group of the core guys that are fishing it. You know, I, I basically said, you know, I, I wanted Saturday for everybody. You know, at least as many people as I could get to uh, come and eat eat uh, dinner together at the Mexican restaurant right by the hotel. Now, I'm going to put this picture up to the camera. You might be able to see it. You might not. There you go. But there's there's just about every team, I think, that fished in that classic in that photo. I mean, we, we just took tables and started piling them together, and I don't think they knew what to think on how many people we brought in there. And You know, and that's, you know, everybody coming together and just going out to eat and stuff like that. You know, I mean, that's. That's lasting friendships. Everybody there likes each other. We're all sitting around talking, talking about catfishing the day before, what we're going to do the next day, uh, you know, messing with each other a little bit. One of the guys got the got the waiter to, to give him one of the other guys' bill, and he goes on there and he writes on there like $140 or something, and <laughs> the waiter goes over there. You should have seen Ron Streeter look at this bill. I think he stared a hole. I think he stared a hole in this bill. It was one of the funniest things I've seen in a long time. He kept, he kept, he kept like, what, what? <laughs> the, the, the waiter was like, I, I sorry, <laughs> it's not, it not me. <laughs> you know what? You was talking about getting out and eating. In, we usually all get together sometime. Most of us do, and 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 have a meal like we all did down there at Aaron's, but. Um, one of the things that I used to do, and we got away from it, 
uh, five or six years ago, we'd have a tournament on Saturday. Of course, we knew everybody's going to be down there Friday or Friday evening pre-fishing these tournaments. And we, I, I would go to these towns and, and make our proposal to have a tournament. And somebody, whether it be the boat club at Clarksville or the VFW, some or group or organization would fix us a meal on Friday night. And we'd all get together. And it wasn't free. You had to pay for your meal. But everybody would get together and we'd have a dinner and, and like you say, it was so much fun and the next thing you know, you got so much going on, you forget to do it once and then hey, you, well, you forget to do it again and the next thing you know, you get away from it. And another thing that we used to do that was a big deal, um, we would have a, a uh, awards dinner um, and we'd hand out the Angler of the Year awards for the youth and the uh, ladies and the, <clears throat> the open and and uh, whatever other things we did, and we had uh, uh, Ricky Bracken come up and talk about safety with the barges and stuff one day. We had the guys from conservation come down and, and make a little talk while we was eating our dinner one time. And again, this is not free, but nobody seemed to mind to pay for their meal because we was all getting together and you all got to see what everybody done and talked about the, you know, the year in. And, and, and again, we got away from that and, and probably shouldn't have. That, that's something that is very important that that as a group, everybody gets together, and you'd be surprised. I mean, we packed them places plum full. Uh, there would be, they'd have to open up other rooms to get us all in them things, and, and I really feel that I, I dropped the ball on letting some of that stuff go, but there just, there comes a point in time when you, 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 you can't do it all, you know, but uh, uh, them was, them was a lot of fun, and, and them things that, uh, that we should have kept going. There was one other thing. Um, I noticed Robert Coleman had asked a question way back in in the in the chat uh, earlier. Uh, if anybody ever thought that there would be a, uh, a catfishing tournament of any size in uh, Arkansas, and, and I've been meaning to address that since he posted that earlier. And uh, you know, I, I I thought there had been. I, I really did. And and I know uh, the person that would know. Uh, if there was going to be something like that of any any size down there, it would be Daryl and Jason Massengill, I would think. They they would be able to tell you if there was going to be some down there. They would also be able to probably tell you why or why not, because they, they live down there in Paragool and right in that area. And, uh, you know, that's just right there by Memphis and all the places. Man, there's... There's some good fishing, and, and then you're not ever going to make me believe that them blues that come up down that Mississippi don't go up in that Arkansas River. And, uh, you know, I, I just can't believe that there there wouldn't be some uh, somebody that would put a tournament on down there somewhere. Now, I also got to say to uh, Casey's partner, John Lamaster, he, he really, he's one of the coolest dudes. I mean, I really, until this year, I hadn't really talked to him a ton or anything, but... I mean, after really talking to to John, I think he is just one of the coolest guys around. Honestly, I mean, he's it, and, and I, I think I got him too. I mean, that guy, he, he's let's see, on Monsters on the Ohio, he was buying shots for me and and a few other people. And, and he, you know, I don't drink very often, so I was uh I was a little bit tipsy, I should say, <laughs> you know, going back, but. And then, and then uh, at this uh, at this gathering, he bought that entire table a shot. I mean, he dropped a at least a hundred bucks on on a, uh, a thing of shots for that entire table. And then 
and then bought more of the good stuff. <laughs> wow. He bought us, and there's like four or five of us still sitting there near the end, and and he bought us another round of some good stuff, and and I mean, I was just like, I know what he's trying to do, man. I got out of there after that. <laughs> but he is a good, he is a really good dude, and and you know, you know, you know, a lot of people talk about Casey, and and you know, they forget about people's partners and things. Don't forget about Johnny. He knows what he knows what he's doing out there. Partners are partners. At, uh, catfishing is a team sport. So everything that's being done out there from one guy, you know, it, it's it's part of the reason that they're getting it done is because they got a good partner that's helping them out out there. Yeah, and, and that's exactly right. You know, um, uh, most of the time, you uh, partners in a boat, especially if it's two man teams, that everybody's got a job to do, and each one knows what it is. If you fish with somebody very long, and I'm sure you and Daniel are, are like that, and I'm quite sure that Chuck and Leanne are. I know Cindy and I are. I know what she's going to do. She, she's. Uh, I know what I've got to do. She knows what I've got to do. And I'm doing. I'm do, getting the 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 bait cut up. She's putting sinkers on. I mean, we've got a system worked out, and I'm sure you guys do too. And if you change partners or fish with somebody different. Uh, you have to figure that out, and and you need to do it before before tournament time. Now, John Norick and I fished the tournament in St. Louis this year, done real or earlier this year, and we've done really well. And John and I grew up together. We've known each other for years. We do a little fish pre-fishing on some tournaments together, and stuff, and we kind of knew what to expect out of each other. But you know, if I would crawl in the boat with you or Chuck, you know, neither one of us have ever been in a boat with each other, and we was never just met up and fish a tournament. It, it'd be different for all of us just simply because we're not we don't know what to expect out of the other guy that's right and in a little bit ago you were talking about uh, fun fishing you know you're absolutely correct I know earlier this year I talked to you I don't know if you remember this Lyle and you were just not having a good time I mean I, I can't remember what was going on in your life at the time but you weren't I said, "Have you been out fun fishing?" I said, "You know, you might you might have been getting a little a little warm from just running all the tournaments or something." And you were like, "No, I haven't done any fun fishing." I said, "Man, you got to go out and fun fish. You got to go out and remember what it's all about." You know, I mean, the tournaments are, are they can be very stressful and especially running them. You're never going to make everyone happy. Uh you, you you all you do is hear the complaints. You don't hear anybody really saying thank you. You don't get that very often. <laughs> no, I, I really, I, and that's true. You don't hear it as much as as maybe uh, guys running tournaments uh, should uh, hear it more. But I I hear it a, a plenty enough for me, you know. And and the the uh, Seth McAllister was fishing with uh, uh, Alex and and um, oh shoot, I can't think of his part, um, Jason. Uh, this past weekend, and, and them guys are always so thankful that we do tournaments, and they're there. And Seth was one of another one. He was just had a great time, and we were so happy that them guys come up and fish the tournaments. And, and we hear it uh, quite a little bit. But you know, there was some people. We had a, a really bad morning, Saturday morning. The fog was so thick. There's a buoy basically out in front of the boat ramp, and you couldn't see the buoy. I mean, it's too dangerous to go. And we held them for an hour. Realistically, uh, we might have 
should have held them another 30 minutes or so because as we was releasing them, they kind of moved back in. But there was guys mad because we didn't get out at 7 o'clock. Well, you know, I tried to explain to them, safety first. I don't want anybody getting hurt in these tournaments. It's not worth it to me. If we got to wait till noon, you know, I don't want people getting hurt. And, uh, you know, most everybody understand that, stood that, but there was one or two that was, you know, they was a little put out of the fact that we didn't leave at 7 o'clock. Well, uh, you know, I'm just, I'm not going to do that, and, and I can't imagine Brad or, or any, uh, you know, Aaron or any tournament director anywhere that would do that. You know, that's like lightning. I'm not turning nobody out if there's lightning. I just, I'm not going to do it. And uh, uh, you just have to wait a few minutes, and, and we extended an hour onto the time. Uh, I wouldn't have if it had been Sunday, but on Saturday, you know, everybody's staying over for another day anyhow. But, uh, you know, People need to understand that safety has to be a priority in these tournaments, and and everybody has to understand that you just have to. Yeah, Streeter delayed us for about two hours on Sunday. Saturday, our fog was fine. I mean, it was perfect in the morning. Sunday, we had that super thick fog, super thick fog that you're talking about, and yep. uh, we got delayed about two hours. We extended it about an hour. Um, because you know day, uh, daylight's getting shorter as as the year goes on right now, but well, kudos to him for doing that because that's the correct thing to do. Yeah, and, and, and I mean, it, it does seem to me on the rivers, and, and my partner had said this too. For whatever reason, you, a lot of the pat those big thick areas of fog seem to be around the bends. I don't know what holds that fog better in them bends than it does in the in the straightaways, but. I think I think the air doesn't get to it and blow it out as fast. Yeah. You know, I, I may be wrong about that, but that's my opinion. Because I know once the wind picked up, it started moving out, and then when the sun come up, it wasn't very long, and it was you know it was pretty much gone. But uh, it, you could cut it with a knife. It was really bad, and, and from what you're saying, I'm sure yours was too. And and uh, uh, people, you you you've got to be safe on these. You, you somebody gets hurt and. And the next thing you know, all the tournaments has got a bad reputation, and we're trying to keep that from happening. And please bear with us as we do the best that we can for your safety and the and the, the betterment of catfishing in general. And and back to the um, the fun fishing for any of you guys that are out there, you tournament fish a lot. I mean, you might not think you are getting burnt, but you might not even know it. You know, you really do need to just take your son or your daughter or a nephew or a niece or or even just go by yourself and just go out and just fish for fun. Don't have the stress of a tournament. Don't have to think about uh, how many fish you have to get in the boat in a certain amount of hours and and, and really just right. sit there and reflect and remember about this is this is the, this is what you're doing that you love to do and you know just just be in that moment, you know what I mean? You know, getting back to what you was talking about a while ago when you asked me about that, and I kind of got off track on that a little bit, but I do remember that conversation, and, you know, I still didn't get to go out, but but you was right, and you're, again, you're right. Um, tournaments are very stressful, and and uh, anybody that, that tournament fishes should go out a day through the week or after work or, you know, sometime when they're not tournament fishing or pre-fishing pre is almost as bad. And go out and just catch fish. Just have fun and forget about all the pressure and all the stress and and oh, I got to beat this guy or I got to make Janet. Well, you know, just forget all about that stuff. Just go out and catch some fish and have a good time. It, it's a it. 
it's the most relaxing thing you can do. If you're doing it for fun, you can't beat it with a stick. Cannot at all. I mean, it's therapy, you know. I mean, it's, it's the only therapy I'd ever go to. <laughs> yeah, it'd be any shrink you could spend your money on. Yeah. And I, and I do, I mean, my, my, myself personally, uh, you guys, if, you, if you're friends with me on Facebook, you probably see me posting pictures of channel cats, you know, 13-pound, 12-pound, 11-pound, 8-pound channel cats that I'm catching, you know, at these local little lakes. And I'm not tournament fishing. I'm just going fishing with buddies, you know. I'm, I'm just trying to enjoy my, myself and what I love doing. And just about anybody that ever says, hey, man, you want to go fishing, my response is like, yeah. Well, that's a stupid. That's a stupid question. <laughs> yeah, that uh, you know, since we tournament fished this year, last year we probably fished uh, every other day. Uh, you, you all seen all the pictures we were, you know, putting on Facebook. We oh fishing, yeah. We were fishing every other day, but you know, when you start doing this tournament fishing, um, you know, your play money's kind of ate up. Um, that's you know, very true. You you got to save up for these events. Um, you know you got to start budgeting. Um, you know, and we we hardly had any um, you know time to you know we had time, but we you know really didn't have the funds to go out and, and do the fun fishing that we did the the year prior. You know, so you know you got to kind of sacrifice a little bit of one to do the other, or you know kind of do half and half. But um, you know, I, I was going to do it all, or, or you know, not do it at all. So, um, it's um, it was still fun, though. Um, I I tried not to let the pressure get to me too bad. Um, you know, you, you have the big takedown, and and um, and he don't hook up. You know, that that's about the most stressful time. You know, for about five minutes, you're like, what did I do wrong? And it kind of eats at you for a minute, but you know, but then it goes away. Um, you know, but, uh, you know, like, like the tournament that's coming up in January, um, you know, that these guys, you know, Jason Nycock and, you know, Vince and, uh, you know, Philip, you know, all these guys were coming down with friends and, uh, fishing Wheeler last winter and every one of them sent me a message or, you know, we was commenting, they're like, you need to get a tournament together down here and we can all go the same week. Um, you know, I, I didn't have insurance and all that. So, uh, Daniel, the, the director of the Alabama catfish trail, I was on him. I said, look, these guys really want to do this. Said, I tell you what, he said, if, if I can, if I can get the money up and apply for my LLC and, um, ha have my insurance on time to, to announce this early enough, um, I'll do it. And, um, I said that, you know, It'll be worth your while. I said these guys will love it. So, um, you know, Daniel Parsons, the director of the Alabama Catfish Trail, um, you know, he took my idea and he's running with it. So, um, that that's going to be some fun fishing. Um, I think there's going to be some really big five fish limits come in. Um, you know, I believe some of the best catfishermen in the United States are just going to come down here to play. There's going to be enough money involved to make it interesting, but uh, then again, it's going to be a, a whole lot of fun. And um, you know, I I just can't wait for that event to evolve and see what it's going to get at. Um, 
a lot of people are frowning on the trailering part, but uh, the, the way Daniel uh, explained it to me that uh, everybody's got to show up for the live well check, and then when he blows the horn for everybody that launches, uh, that that's when the trailering <coughs> people also get to leave the parking lot at the same time. So you know they're not off. To, they're not off to where they get to put in at four in the morning, and everybody's wondering if somebody's fishing before time and all that. So they got to leave the parking lot at the same time as the the boats leave. So uh, it, it's kind of a disadvantage for the people trailering because they're not going to be in the water and, as long. When we when we done trailering for that one year, we done the same thing. You you drawed your number or you got your number from entries or however you wanted to do it and. And uh, you left out when your number come up, and if you was trailer, you had to drive to where you was trailer, then put your boat in, so you was out an hour, hour and a half, uh, both ends of the day. And that's the only way that trailer can be fair. And that stuff of letting them guys go out and set on, I'm telling you, boys, every tournament that there is, I don't know why, I'm not the catfish or the tournament police, but I get call after call after call. These guys telling me we're fishing on this water. I can't believe these people are so dumb that they're letting us do it. And I, man, they're going to give you a lot of Well, it doesn't matter. You can beat them, and you can if you know how to do it. I assume. the The thing is, that's the only the only thing we've got to keep people in check. But if it, don't call me up and tell me that you're doing something like that, because if one of these guys asks me, I'm going to tell them, yeah, he called me and said so. Now, I'm not going to give them names, but if they say, did such and such do it, did they call you and say it? Yeah, i got to do it. I mean, I owe them guys that much. But, you know, it, it, that's that's the only fair way to do that. That let them people sit out there on there. You cannot expect 50 or 75 or 100 people to sit out there for two hours before a tournament with bait on their hook and not drop it in the water. Come on, boys. It, it, that, that's not going to happen. All right, guys, we're uh, we're going to be yeah. pushing this show on an hour and a half, so we're probably going to need to close this out. I want to let everybody know, um, you know, me, Chuck, and Lyle and everything, we have had a great time doing this just bullcrapping session that we did here. Um, there's been, uh, I think, up to 18 people or so in the chat talking, which is uh, it's great. It shows the show is, is definitely growing. People are showing up and, and ch chatting with us live during the show. Um, which is just awesome. So thank you guys all for coming on the show and and uh, in the chat and want, and talking with us and uh, it's really making what we're doing a whole lot uh, better and 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 we're enjoying it uh, immensely. So this was awesome. Um, I'm gonna go ahead and get the closing statement started. So uh, Chuck, go ahead and get us going. Um, I. You know, I just want to say thanks to uh, you and Lyle. So far this year has been really good. Uh, the support y'all gave me and the confidence fishing the tournaments. You know, we, we talk a lot before the shows and after, uh, and y'all have really helped me a lot, uh, you know, pursuing this tournament catfishing part. Um, the, uh, you know, I've already explained that, you know, the, the tournament on January 3rd, all the information is on the Alabama Catfish Trail. If you have any questions, just message the uh, Alabama Catfish Trail, and uh, Daniel Parsons will answer any questions you got. You can go to uh, alabamacatfishtrail.com, and down at the bottom it'll say New, and uh, it'll say uh, January 3rd Tournament. You'll click on it, and he has the rules and everything posted uh, for the January 3rd Tournament. Um, 
it's going to be really nice. Um, you know, there's a possible four-day weekend in there for me, and so I'm really excited about that because, you know, I might could have, uh, you know, New Year's Eve, uh, New Year's, then January 2nd, uh, January 3rd and the 4th. So, that, you know, they may be five days in there for me, but I know four for sure because I'm taking that Friday off. So uh, that's going to be the funnest part. Um, you know, and the guys that want to come down here early and maybe spend New Year's Eve uh, – you know, in Decatur or the Huntsville areas, uh, you know, there's a lot to do down here. It, you, you won't regret it. So, um, you know, and, you know, but by allowing three people in the boat, I don't see any advantage to it. You just got, uh, you, you're still going to be able to use the same amount of rods as two people. Um, you just got an extra set of eyes watching the, the you know, or, or cutting bait. Or The way I think of it, there's one more person in the way. Um, you know, but three people to help with expenses, um, you know, he did that to make it affordable for everybody. So, uh, I hope to see a lot of people show up for it and, uh, it's going to be a whole lot of fun. Well, you're welcome, Chuck. I'm glad I could help. Well, it's been a good year for, for our show. Um, uh, uh, we've repeatedly said we, we don't do this to make money off of. We do it because we enjoy it doing it and and you guys have made it very enjoyable for me and and uh, we, we really had a good night tonight everybody was interested and, and the chat was going and we've had several viewers and uh, you know I, I want to we're done with our, our tournaments for this year so I don't have really anything to go with that but when you guys are watching the uh, these shows on our catfish weekly site if you're watching it on there after not live but after the fact uh, write us a note and, and tell us that you're watching. We're trying to figure out a way that we can uh, see how many people are. And, and on YouTube, uh, click the like button. Uh, write us a note there on YouTube. It, it, it's got a spot for that. And let us know that if you like the show. And and because uh, I, I know that we're getting a lot of views that we don't know about, and we're trying to to get a handle on that. It's really hard to do. Uh, this was all new to all of us, and, and we've really had a really good time with it. And, and I know I've had three or four messages today about the, uh, about the uh, shows that we shot down in uh, uh, Owensboro. And um, I had them downloaded, and, and uh, we tried a lot, several different times uh, to get them to, to uh, uh, Heath and Jason to get them edited, uh, the, the film. Uh, version that I had, and we tried online, and we just couldn't make it happen. So I mailed the uh, a copy of that to Heath and Jason, and they do have it now. So uh, they also have their version of what we taped, which would be the same thing as what I had taped from the Ramada. So they will be getting that stuff done, and and they will be coming up. Just hang on, guys. Uh, I know you want to see it, and. Uh, uh, and I know we didn't get it live, and, and I'm sorry, but it just didn't work out this year. We'll work on that to make it, try to make it happen next year because I, I really think that would be cool. And I know a lot of people was, was really wanting to know that day what was going on. And uh, uh, please understand that that is a huge undertaking when you're down there and, and, and we was all engulfed by people talking with us and business with you. Besides, we was trying to pre-fish and fish and, and, under, and, and just bear that in mind, but Bass and Boards was very generous and Ramada too to let us use their facilities to film these shows and I think when you see them you'll enjoy them very much and 
you know, Chuck's deal with the tournament down there in January. I'm going to try my best to make that happen. And, you know, Jason Acock and Phil Brown and a bunch of these guys that go down there throughout the year, Troy and, and them guys, uh, I've never been there. So, again, I'm going to feel at a disadvantage. But I, I hear so much about Wheeler Lake and, that uh, if we can possibly make that happen, I want to try to do it and, and be down there. Uh, uh, I think it would be a good time, and, and uh, we're going to try to make it if we possibly can. All right. Um, basically, the again, congratulations to uh, Casey John for winning the points trail. Um, ICA tournaments are done for the year. I believe um, um, Chad Wall out of Extreme Catfishing is having a tournament this Saturday from 8 to eight to 5 at Tanner's Creek in Lawrenceburg, Indiana on the Ohio River. Uh, $60 entry fee. There's no memberships required. Um, I believe it's his last his last tournament he's going to have this year as well. Uh, so come on down, fish that. I'm going to try to be there. Um, say hello. Um, just don't beat me and make sure you stay out of my spot. <laughs> but uh, besides that, thanks to all the sponsors for Catfish Weekly, uh, Indiana Hunter, Black Horse Custom Rods, uh, Catfish Magazine, um, Hoosier Whiskers, um, Aaron Wheatley with Monsters on the Ohio is going to be up here soon. So um, thank you to all you guys. What's that? Whisker where? Well, I'm just talking about the paid oh, oh, oh. advertisement sponsors right there. But, yeah, as far as everybody who's donated stuff throughout the year, uh, like Whiskerware and, and, and uh, Team Catfish. And, and uh, also, yeah, I forgot to mention earlier on the uh, um, Gary Turner uh, Guided Catfish Trip giveaway. We're still doing that. Uh, all you got to do to get entered is go over to Gary Turner, or I'm sorry, Gone Fishing Adventures. Uh, look that up on Facebook. Like his page. Uh, on the page, you'll find a uh, uh, cat, like a, a photo. I think it's of Gary holding a great big uh, blue cat. Um, it'll say on it like the uh, Catfish Weekly on it or something like that. And, and, and down below, you'll see a bunch of people talking and making comments. You got to post a comment on there, and somewhere in that comment, mention Catfish Weekly. That's all you got to do to be eligible. Uh, and what you're eligible to win is a full guided trip, full day guided trip with Gary Turner uh, down in Georgia, and he'll take you out for a full day, uh, $350 value. He'll set you up, try to get you on a lot of a lot of good fish. Um, definitely one of the nicest guys you'll you'll ever meet, and I guarantee if you go down there and fish with him, you'll probably go down and fish again uh, <laughs> in the future. So. Um, Thank you for all the fans. Everybody's watching the show. Uh, the people that that come up to us, say hello. Um, tell us you like what we're doing. That's it's great. You know, it makes us feel like what we're doing is worthwhile, and, and we really appreciate it. Um, the show's really taking off good. So uh, we hope to make it better and better for you guys. If you guys have ideas, uh, suggestions, anything like that, uh, go to our forum. We have a forum. If you didn't know, we talk about it at the end of every episode now. Um, catfishweekly.com forward slash forum um, post it in there let us know what you think or you know uh, get on there post some content you know wanting to make it a, a well used forum I know not a lot of people are using forums anymore but uh, that's just because there's not a lot of good ones left so hopefully we can make it you know one of the good ones so uh, 
Uh, thank you again, everybody. Um, we had a really good time tonight. I know it ran on long, but I think it was worthwhile. And uh, hopefully we'll bring you some good stuff again next week. And as soon as we uh, decide what that topic and stuff will be, I'll put it up for you guys. And and I'll try to get the other episodes that I, I was ill for a little while and I wasn't feeling well and I didn't put a couple of the past couple episodes on the website. Those will be put up and the podcast will be put up. So if you were waiting on the podcast, I'm sorry. I do apologize. Um, but they'll be on the catfishweekly.com website uh, hopefully tonight, um, maybe tomorrow at the very latest. But uh, until next time, everybody, have a good night. And make sure that next week and anytime I'm out there with you, you stay out of my spot. <laughs>